0: A it's just, it's cooking, All right, party people! Welcome back to the Sports Bar. A well-deserved break for myself. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, because uh, after that Mark Sumi episode, I kind of did myself in a little bit. But I am now. We're back. We're back on the Sports Bar. Um, that song introduces its little baby and Lil Dirk, how it feels. And it introduces my next guest who, this is a proud moment for me. I have a fellow coworker on Mr. Armani Buckets. If you don't know who that is, check out his social um, at Armani Buckets um, on Instagram. He is a workout stud, an NBA aficionado and uh, also my associate producer slash co-host on the Arash Markazi show. Mr. Armani Buckets, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the
1: Sports Park. That was such a kind and generous intro. Thank you for having me, G. Hey, that was amazing. I don't know what I did to deserve to get that kind of intro. You're
0: actually a really nice guy, I, th- I, I think, appreciate uh, that. Um, Arman. I, I don't know if you, uh, you get that often. Do you get that a lot? Really
1: just, nice? I, I think that the thing is, um, I don't know, you said workout – I don't know what you said, but it doesn't matter. When I work out, I think when I'm at the gym, a lot of people assume that I'm kind of an ass because I'm I'm very intense in certain settings. But then when I'm out of that setting, I feel like, yeah, I I would hope that I would be perceived that way. But, you know, it doesn't really bother me either way because – when when you have good friends, it doesn't really matter what the rest of society thinks of you. That's, that's how I view it.
0: Yeah, and also those are the people that you're not hanging out with, right? The people that you're hanging out with are your actual friends. But speaking of friends, we are – obviously, we're, we're becoming really close and fast friends because of the show, and I feel like – Armand is just—I don't know—just again, just a genuinely nice person. I don't know what you, what person would perceive you as a dick. I think that you were just ultimately focused because I did see you at the gym once, <laughs> but you were you were actually um, when you were at the gym, you just had your headphones in
1: what was and I you doing? were just
0: ready. oh, you were lifting weights, like you were on the on the bar, I think, or like oh, you, no, you weren't on the pull-up bar. I think you were just like doing deadlift squats or something like that. Yeah, like. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything major, but you were you were doing that, and I just was like, "Oh, he's really focused. I'm not gonna bother him." Just the same as you told me that you didn't want to bother me because I, I was <laughs> on the treadmill. Yes, I did. Say yeah, that. and I was just like, "You," which you totally could have. I would have stopped. But um, it's kind of you to even think that way because I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would have been like, "Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, let's like let's work out or let's go play ball or whatever." Which we still haven't done, by the way. Yeah, we, we still haven't gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I think that you'd kick my ass though, <laughs> as far as like going and playing ball.
1: Um, but you know, the thing is with with working out, like I just try to give myself 45 minutes of just locking into a zone. And if people come say hi, I'm more than willing to c- communicate with them. But the rest period is like 45 seconds to a minute, and then after that, <laughs> it's back So you're doing a
0: more. lot of interval stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean that makes sense since you do coach basketball so like yeah. interval training is normal in basketball correct right so um we are at um we're on the sports bar at a sports bar at my particular job uh armand was kind enough to be so flexible as to come to um come to me because uh, i'm supposed to be on call <laughs> i don't even think i'm gonna work to be honest with you so i think that we're okay i watching a little nfl football um but about to talk about at the nba because the nba is going on and as i said Earlier, Arash, or I, I, I want to call you Arash, but that's obviously not your name. Um, Arman is a NBA aficionado. And I kind of want to just talk about everything that's going on in the NBA. Like, let's let's take COVID out of the situation at this current moment in time. Let's talk about what is going on in the NBA at this current moment in time as far as standings are concerned. Um, right now, obviously, we're kind of mid-season or headed towards mid-season. And there's just – it's not like the outlook – of the NBA standings is not like we thought it was going to be at all. Right. You know, everybody thought that the Lakers were going to be this hot shot contender. Nobody thought the golden state was going to be where they are right now. Phoenix. Yeah, sure. Of course, you know, they, they could possibly win the West um, Utah as well, probably win the West, but nobody saw golden state, especially since clay Thompson is out. Um, I know you are more of an East coast guy rooting for Chicago, but let's go to the East and the West first start with uh, first start with the West. Who do you think is going to come out of the West uh, and win that NBA championship or even contend for that NBA championship or both?
1: I think it's got to... Okay, so (laughs) I was about to answer with Phoenix versus Golden State, but I really still think the Clippers are in the mix because Kawhi Leonard is just hanging in the balance there. And who knows what kind of player he's going to be. He's been kind of shooting around and... You know, we don't know if he's going to play, when he's going to play. We don't know any of the details. But the thing is, the Clippers were so close to getting to the finals last year. And then you look at Kawhi Leonard's track record against teams like Golden State. When he was in San Antonio, they were whooping them in game one. He gets hurt, and then all of a sudden, the Spurs lose the next four games. Kawhi is like the Warriors' potential kryptonite. And then that's not even to mention Phoenix, who, as you said, Jihei, they're an incredible team. Um, But I really think that it's probably between those three teams. Utah is a great story, as they are every regular season. But that's the thing is the regular season has been the only thing that they've been good at. In the playoffs, they've always fallen apart, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that there's something about the playoffs that really hampers the Utah Jazz. But to answer your question, right now, if I had to pick from what I've seen, I think I would go... Golden State, just because they're even with Phoenix now, and that's without Clay, and then they're going to add James Wiseman as well. We'll see if those guys give them what they need to get over the top, but they're already at the top, so... So I
0: completely agree with you as far as Phoenix is concerned, because they have a big man in DeAndre Ayton, and that's something that you can never, ever teach, right? Never teach height. That's like, that is a God-given gift right there. Like, fuck, if I could freaking be 7 million feet tall, um, if I can be like 7 feet tall, I'd probably wouldn't have gotten a Division three scholarship I would have gotten a D1 scholarship right um, so um, as far as Phoenix is concerned that that to me is a lock like whether it's they get into the playoffs which are automatically going to get into the playoffs or whether they win the Western Conference uh, title and go into the uh, NBA championship I'm, I'm questioning Golden State at this point only because of that big man presence yeah you have uh, Wiseman but he's not in currently so if we're talking about the if we're talking about right now, Right now, if you had to pick, you're you're picking Phoenix, I'm assuming.
1: <laughs> that is so tough. But you're absolutely right. Is the way that Phoenix is going to exploit Golden State is with Aiden specifically with Aiden. We know how good Chris Paul is. We know how good Devin Booker is. But Aiden is the one that Golden State cannot match up with. And their matchup for him is Wiseman. And Wiseman was not that good last year. Obviously, rookie season, so you want to see him grow. But he doesn't have time to figure out how to be good. He needs to learn how to play winning basketball this season at some point. And we haven't even seen him yet. And he needs to be the one that at least holds DeAndre Aiden in check. Because when they played uh, one of the regular season games that they played against each other, Aiton was unstoppable, and that's what's going to be the difference. So if I had to pick, I'm still taking Golden State, just because I believe that Wiseman will do just enough. I really I like him. I don't.
0: Think- oh, I love Wiseman. Yeah. I think he's a baller. That's not the that's not the problem. The problem is. Um, he did get vaccinated, correct? I
1: believe everybody on the Warriors
0: has gotten. Yeah, and and he definitely got forcefully vaccinated. He did not want to get vaccinated. There was a whole entire thing about it. Neither here nor there. He's vaccinated, so he's moving forward, moving on. Um, and then now you have these injuries for him, and with unfortunately with um, with Aiton and or with the lack of height um, with them right now. What do you know? What the timetable might possibly be for? Him coming back for
1: Wiseman coming back out of the junior. Wiseman has been back and forth with his timetable, but they're saying I believe they said mid to late January. So okay, okay, so have time to get acclimated. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and time to adjust to you know everybody, um, like just every everybody and every um, every single um, what's it called a rotation. Every rotation will get get adjusted to. Um, with that being said, we obviously know who's going to be top in the West. Let's talk about the East. Let's talk about your Bulls first of all, because they are—they have been struggling, man. As far as just COVID protocol is concerned, as far as being out for COVID protocol with COVID health and safety protocol. Um, Talk about their realistic chances, because I feel like you are a realistic fan, like I am. Like I know my Clippers are not going to be winning a title this year. You know, do you think that your Bulls are going to be, considering how well they played earlier on this season, too? Um, I Because I remember you had those high hopes, man. You had those high hopes, and now we're getting later on to the season, and you, and you said it. Regular season is not the postseason, and can we see that transition over from regular season into postseason?
1: Well, I think when the Bulls GM put this roster together, I think that he was thinking about the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns grabbed Chris Paul, and immediately, the first year, they went to the finals, and their, uh, the Bulls' version of Chris Paul was supposed to be DeMar DeRozan, and from what we've seen so far, when DeMar and Zach Levine are playing together, they are, if not the best duo in the NBA, a top three duo in the in the National Basketball Association, undisputed so far this season. The problem is that this group has never played in the playoffs together, and. With that being said, from what I've seen from the other top teams in the East, the Brooklyn Nets specifically, Brooklyn specifically does not really scare me at all. I think that they are actually very fraudulent in the way that they play basketball. I think that they're very reliant on Kevin Durant. Now, with that being said, that's before Kyrie all of a sudden became a part-time player and that adds a whole other element of like which stadiums will he be able to play in which won't he we don't really know the answers to that so where the Bulls match up with that is the Bulls are a team that plays with a high intensity and high energy and they play a brand of basketball that Any stadium that they go to is going to be energized by the way that they play. They throw a lot of alley-oops. They shoot a lot of three-pointers. They play a very fun style of basketball. And they play defense. You
0: know who they remind me of? They remind me of my Clippers back in the day with Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, with Chris Paul. Like That that team was a great team to watch. It was a fun team to watch. I don't know about being a playoff past the second round kind of team. They can all get it together and totally prove me wrong and I'll I'll eat my words and I'll totally be okay with that because I think getting rid of Alex Caruso was the biggest mistake that the Lakers could have ever made. I think that they should have re-signed him. He asked for less money. He didn't even want the money. That's I think that's another issue that we like a lot of people don't realize like and they're not even taking it into consideration. It's like he pulled a Tom Brady where like Tom Brady was like, "Look, I'll take a pay cut, man. I just want to be on this championship team because I know what you guys can do. I know what you can accomplish." And I just I don't understand. Like, I get that they had to kind of save room for, you know, the higher paid guys. I mean, you know my issues with Westbrook. I think that that's a joke, and he should have never, ever been signed to that roster. But, you know, they did what they did. They added their – their old their old men to the to the team and did, did what they had to do and you know now they're reaping the non benefits of it um, which is great. Karma's a bitch. But now with Chicago they have these young guys. They have these guys that can be in development and unfortunately due to COVID like are out. I'm just wondering where the the future of this franchise is gonna be going.
1: Well I think that foreshadowing into the playoffs if the Bulls were to lose games in the playoffs I really think I'm not trying to hate I'm not trying to hate on him at all but I think it would be because of Lonzo and not because he's not good because maybe he doesn't score enough in the playoffs he's averaging like 13 points a game and the thing is that again he has been so just uh, such a big part of our success this season a huge part of our success yes go ahead. um but the thing is when you get to the playoffs and teams have the scouting report on you and all of that is out in the open i wouldn't be shocked if he has a couple bad games and then all of a sudden the problem with lonzo having a bad game is it's different than other players it's that ben simmons type of treatment where oh all of his stats get posted all over social media and then all of a sudden, Stephen A. Smith and all the talking heads, he's the leading story. Like, oh, Lonzo Ball needs to figure it out or the Bulls are screwed. Because I know what Zach Levine's going to do. I know what DeMar DeRozan's going to do. And again, not trying to shame Lonzo. Like you said, guys like even Caruso, you know what Caruso is going to bring to the table every night. No matter what, you can count on it. Lonzo, they need him to score. And he's never shown that he can consistently do that. So
0: that's the problem that the Lakers had with him. That's the problem that New Orleans had with him. Like You need to have somebody that is going to shoulder the load points-wise. That is not going to be Lonzo Ball. It's never has, never will. His brother, his youngest brother, on the other hand, hell yeah, he controlled that load. He's gonna, he's gonna drop thirty, like forty when you know years go down the down the road. He is a scorer. That's not what Lonzo has always been bred to do, though, too. You know, if you think about it, Lonzo, since UCLA or even before that, when they, you know, were um, it, when he was in high school. He was—he was a passer. He's a great passer. I'm not taking that away from him whatsoever, man. Like he and everybody just needs to kind of accept that and build around that, because you're never gonna get somebody that scores 20 plus points a game in Lonzo Ball. Um, I think critics need to accept that, you know, I guess fault of his, you know, even though it's not really a fault. Like I'd rather have, he's a point guard. That's what he is, and that's who he is. He is a point guard, and I think a lot of people need to accept the fact that he's a point guard and move on from this it's been and it's been years this isn't like the it's not his rookie season it's not even his second year it's not even the like the end of his contract right it's not the third year of his contract going into the fourth year and they have to re-sign him or anything like that this is like man y'all have known this for a minute so stop giving this kid shit let him play his kind of ball and build around that and I, i think if you guys if if the bulls can do that that's going to be phenomenal because you already have you do have some of those guys on your roster already that can score and so yeah and so that's also height wise because i told you you can't teach height and that's going to be a huge huge factor as far as making the playoffs is concerned your um, thoughts on height on what's going what's possibly going to happen what can make them because that that to me is where you see you can see a championship team where they have like a very well rounded squad where they have that pure center, you know, like a, De- um, a Dayton, um, where you have you know just a big guy down there. Does he need to like be a powerhouse? No, but he needs to get the boards for you, right? He needs to get he needs to be that kind of role player as a center for you. Um, do you guys have that? And if so, do you think that? this player can lead you guys to that promised land
1: height wise our center is Nikola Vucevic who he's been very inconsistent this season we don't have any backups really that are worthwhile in terms of bigs Um, so that's definitely another question mark with our team I would say that overall though when your point guard Lonzo Ball is six foot six height wise you can match up in a lot of different ways because Lonzo can guard basically one, two, three, and sometimes even four. Especially if they go small. Correct. So height, we're not the biggest team, but our average height is what I think matters and counts, and so we're very well balanced in that regard. Like you compare that to a team like the Brooklyn Nets, and Brooklyn is heavily reliant on a guy like Patty Mills, who Patty Mills is probably like six one, six two. So against the Bulls, he's automatically going to be guarding a guy that's taller than him, much taller than him. Um, and that's what the playoffs really comes down to, is matchups more than talent. It's about how you match up with the other team. And I think that the Bulls match up very well against anybody. With that being said, the Nets, the Bucks. I think, honestly, I think Atlanta is going to make a big push in the second half of the season. Um, they haven't been healthy at all. They're going to make a push. And then who else is there? There's Philadelphia. Joel Embiid is still a, an incredible player.
0: Yeah, but I mean, w- considering his injuries uh, uh, on a consistent basis, I love Joel Embiid. I think, like, trusting the process has been a huge thing for him, and I think that's great. Um, he's a phenomenal player, MVP all the way. He deserves his accolades, but he's got to stay healthy, and that's just something that he's never been able to really do.
1: It's it's true. It's It's very true. Um, and you can't build around somebody like that, Armani. <laughs> this, is, this has been the big Sixers dilemma for so many years. So I was on your side of it forever, forever. And then I don't know what changed, but seeing him without Ben Simmons, I, I'm not disagreeing with you that you can't rely on him staying healthy. But when he is, oh, my goodness, he's a difference maker. It's just that, yeah, I mean, you can't rely on it. Um The thing is, I think that Daryl Morey and the Sixers have done such a good job at building a nice roster around him. You have kids like Tyrese Maxey who came in and immediately replaced Ben Simmons and was playing at an all-star level. Um, It's just that meshing them all together, Seth Curry has been sensational for them. Tobias Harris is still there. So that team is loaded. We're looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now, and I forgot to mention Miami. Miami oh, yeah. is a team that is definitely going to be a finals contender and a championship contender. So reverting back to the Bulls, like they have a great team, a great nucleus of guys, but when you look at the East and how loaded it is at the top – it's going to be very, very difficult to beat out everybody and get out of the East.
0: Yeah, I think that the East is going to be the most competitive in comparison to the West because all these teams are equally comparable, right? Like you can, they, they can all, and, and on any given day, any of these top four teams. Which, by the way, the Cavs—can we mention that? Talking about young guns, they're like,
1: this—they're the story of the season. Uh, they are incredible.
0: This is phenomenal that they're even in the spot that they're in right now because post LeBron. You know, they're a shit-freaking-team, right? Like, everybody's talking about how they're a shit-freaking-team. So I think the fact that they've been able to get to where they are um, and the organization has actually, like, moved past LeBron and, you know, the loss of LeBron. And, you know, kudos to him for giving them awarding them a championship and doing what he had to do when he was in Cleveland, um, even though he shadily left (laughs) and took his talents elsewhere. But the fact that Cleveland is doing what they're doing is – in the first year that they have, you know, the, this stellar talent is is phenomenal in me. I mean, can, can speak on. Um, did you watch a little bit of? Because I know college isn't really your thing, but did you watch a little bit of the college of college basketball? Um, because it's going to segue me into my next question for you.
1: I haven't watched college in a, in a, in a minute. Did you watch last year? Oh, last year. Yeah. Um, in terms of like Evan Mobley pros- yes. prospects, I'll watch games are not my priority i like to see how the guys are going to develop at the next level and if this was about evan mobley my goodness what a prospect he was and he's been just as great in the nba it's it's ridiculous to see how his skill set has translated to the next level he's he's ridiculous
0: well so i talked to andy who is the head coach of um usc and he this was when covid was happening everything and he was basically like if and they were talking about canceling their season again and not doing the tourney and not doing the Pac-12 tourney, et cetera, et cetera. And he was just like, "If if we don't play, this kid's going straight to the league. Like, I'm not gonna be able to have him, you know, again. So, you know, it was what, what a great talent, what a great what, what a what a great showing just in general. If you watched him in the tournament, it was phenomenal to watch him play. Um, I was and and to get them to go as far as they they went. What what to the Elite Eight? Like they. And I didn't think that that was going to happen because USC is just not a college basketball program. They're a football program, right? So um, to see that happen, to see UCLA come back and still have their repeat offenders. Can we talk about this kid from Purdue? Because I know that they dropped out of the number one spot. This kid, Ivy, is a stud. And, like, you know I'm Duke all day, and, like, all I want to talk about is Duke basketball, which I'll eventually get to with Paolo Banquero, where you think he might possibly go in the draft but let's talk about this stud Ivy because he's not a freshman. He's not a one and done. I think he's a sophomore or a junior, I believe. Um, I'll, I'll look it up, but he, um, but he's still a young kid and he's playing the lights out, right? Like, I mean, he is definitely, he's in that conversation of the top three um, draft, draft class. So um, speak on him where you think he's possibly going to go.
1: I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen him play a full game or even parts of games. I've just seen the highlights but the highlights make him look like John Morant, and rightfully so. He is, at the very least, one of the most fun college basketball players to watch. Now again, I don't want to speak on him fully until I've actually seen him play in the setting of a full game, because highlights are great, but highlights don't show how you defend. They don't show how, like your shot selection. They don't show your body language when things are going bad. So there's a lot to be taken from watching the full thing, what the highlights make him look like he'll at at the very least i think i think he'll be one of those players that house of highlights bleacher report they're going to have tons of content by his explosive play i mean he's we're looking at it right now he's a six foot four sophomore and we'll see what position he is at the next level but i would think that a team that drafts him is going to try to make him a point guard and try to mold him in the same category as a jaw now With that being said, John Morant is a -a once-in-a-generation type of athlete and type of basketball player. Like You don't see guys like John Morant every day. There's a reason why they compare him to Derrick Rose. And Derrick Rose, at the time before he got injured, was a -a once-in-a-generation type of athlete. So we'll see if this kid is like that. But it's so amazing to see the highlights that you'll see circulating on Twitter of him once every couple days you'll see one
0: i mean that just sounds like sorry to cut you off but that just sounds like you're gonna have you're gonna have to be on the show again and talk about and talk about ivy after you've seen a full game because i i I have watched full games of this kid and he's especially when i went to vegas to go and bet my life away Um, (laughs) but he was phenomenal he was amazing player um plays on both ends um obviously offense is more of his forte but still plays on both ends and is just a a stud i would not compare him to a john moran only specifically because he can't i don't think that he's a one he's not a facilitator he's not somebody that's going to be um passing the ball on a consistent basis he's going to be that kid that's like okay like if the play adheres for it i'll pass you the ball but if i can freaking get mine i'm gonna get mine and like the kid like and he sees those openings very well which that's that, that's a gift right there and to be able to not only see those openings but be able to get to those openings like that's that's a huge talent of uh, of Jade and Ivy's I'm not saying that John Moran can't do that by any means because you're right he has a once in a generation talent um love, I love those commercials by the way oh, job amazing like, they're like amazing okay, um, one Sesu. Sesu. Yeah. Sesu. Sesu. yeah it's a great great yeah. great great commercial um we're we're coming up on the shitty 30 minute almost 30 minutes that uh anchor gives us so I'm gonna cut this' real, a little short we're gonna come back after uh, we eat a little bit get a little sustenance and maybe get another drink in uh in Armand so we will be back uh I was about to say on the mighty 1090 but we're not on 1090 we're on the sports bar so we'll be back on the sports bar with Armani buckets and yours truly G hey Wiley very very shortly literally probably in like two seconds because you guys don't have to even deal with our break. So we will be right back on the sports bar. All right. Welcome back. Sports bar fans. Um, Segment two, part two of Armani buckets uh, sports bar with Armani buckets. And we also have a special guest because we had some technical difficulties Mm -hmm. um, when I was recording this in the actual bar at sandbar 66. So here we go. We're actually in our, our actual studio, uh, our little professional studio in Manhattan Beach, uh, here with Armani Buckets, the uh, the prize, the I guess like I would say like our main our main guest, and then also we have a little special guest, guys, a little repeat offender, Mr. Arash Markazi, also in the studio as well. Uh, Thank you for doing this again, you guys. I know that this is probably such a pain in the ass for you to be, have to, like, come, like, do this again. I, but then again, we also, like, finished up the show, um, the Arash Markazi show. Yeah. And um, we're just able to do this. So thank you again so much for uh,
1: being available. Of course. Of course. No, it's not a pain in the ass at all. Anytime I get to <laughs> discuss the NBA or I don't even know what's planned for this segment, but w- anytime discussing sports, it's a, it's a blessing. So. I'm looking forward to it. And I hate to uh, crash, but I will just be here to observe and chime in occasionally.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Well, um, speaking of, you know what? You guys both have the same exact, like, I don't want to say aura because that sounds so hippy tippy, but like <laughs> you guys have like the same exact energy of like, you know, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm just happy that you <laughs> have me on. Like the two most happiest, like happy go lucky guys are just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but speaking of. Let's let's just get into it. Let's get into the NBA. Let's get into basketball. First of all, where'd your basketball fandom even come from? Because that's, you know, that's obviously something that like everybody has their story, right?
1: Like, yeah, definitely. I remember exactly where it came from. So um, we're both Persian and Persians. We celebrate Persian New Year. So during Persian New Year, you either get a gift of some sort or typically it's money, especially when you get older, it becomes money. When I was, I think I was four or five years old, um, we were, I, it was kind of a surprise. I was I was downstairs, and then my parents had called me upstairs, and I remember that they got one of those uh, little, the, the mini hoops for, and I don't think I ever dealt with basketball before that, and then I was like, what is this? And then literally, I remember all I would do is I would have an NBA game on, and then just practicing my shooting on the mini hoop. And that's, oh, that's how so it started. that's
0: so cute. Mini, mini Arbonne buckets with yeah. this mini hoop. That's so cute.
1: <laughs> and that's literally like all I would do was, it was an obsession. I would just practice my one-handed shot. And that's, that's how it began. Um, did you guys age. ever
0: have one um, in like the backyard or in the front yard or whatever, like an actual hoop? That or was, did you go to the
1: courts? That was when I was in Chicago. So then when we moved to California when I was about seven, uh, from that moment on I always had a hoop in the backyard to to actually have a real hoop yeah
0: yeah give us a little bit of your background because I don't think I even asked you this um in the first segment Oh no, we we're not drinking right now so the first segment's a little hasty um but yeah tell me because like I just I know like I grew up with it because my mom played so it was just always in the house um like where where did you play at? Um, when did you start actually playing like in a league, um, like youth league, etc.? Um, what when did that
1: happen? So when I when I was growing up, my uncle was the only one in the family who was into sports, and his goal for me was to make me. If if you guys know. Uh, kind of a deep dive in baseball. Mark Grace was the Cubs first baseman at the time and he was left-handed and I was right-handed in everything, but my uncle was like, you're going to be a left-handed first baseman in the MLB. <laughs> that was his goal for me. And so uh, we would always practice baseball and growing up in Chicago, that was like the the sport was Cubs, White Sox, summertime, Chicago is like, that's what everybody raves about And so baseball was the thing. And then basketball became a thing when, when I got the mini hoop and then I was like, what is baseball? I don't want to play baseball anymore. (laughs) And I remember like when I was younger, it was always like my parents had to force me to go to baseball practice. They would force me to do all that. And basketball, it was like, it was just me. I, I didn't have to be pushed. It was just something. So I started playing when I was about seven, I would say was my first experience on a youth league team and then the obsession would just grow now i had a lot of moments of frustration with basketball early on because um it was not so i would get really frustrated when my teammates were not as passionate about it at a young age <laughs> as i was i was like why are these kids losing us games it was it was an obsession even when i was like nine i remember having a full-on tantrum because I think our point guard would like not dribble with his head up or I don't know what it was, but it was, it was always like this obsession that, um, still exists to this day.
0: So I was about to say, cause you're competitive from the get go, because that's like, I feel like ever since I met you, that was like the automatic thing. Like you're like, I have to win. I have to win. Yeah. Um, which is understandable because if you play, <laughs> you should want to win, right? Yeah. You, nobody wants to lose like, I, I would love to find that one person that's like, you know what? I play to lose. Like I would, I would love to do that. Um, so then after, so then after that, like, I'm assuming you played in high school, and played in
1: college. Yeah. So my career was very, nah, it was not how I would have wanted it to go because uh-huh. in high school, when, when I was in high school, our high school team was very good. And I stayed and I basically rode the bench and I was like, this is fine. In hindsight, maybe transfer to a school that wasn't as good, so you can actually play. But you know, bygones let bygones be bygones, and then yeah, that was basically the the story of my basketball career. Afterwards is when my obsession for actually getting better after high school started because I ran into um, a coach of mine, an assistant high school coach, and he saw me, and he was like, "I had gained like." 35 40 pounds from senior year to freshman year of college and he's like what are you doing don't you want to play basketball still like what and I was like I never really got opportunities and he's like no like you 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 could shoot like why not and I was like okay well I don't I have to lose all this weight now and that's kind of how my life transitioned that's how I got into fitness was because I was trying to get back in shape for basketball. And then that turned into another whole story with my, then fitness became my, my passion after that point. But with basketball, yeah, my, my, my life in basketball was very, it was very rocky because my freshman year of high school, I didn't know that it was you were supposed to be with the team in summer and all that. I thought you show up at tryouts again. My parents had Wait, no in high school. Yes. My parents had no background in any of this stuff. and oh, I was wow. 13, 14 years old. And I was like, oh, I think we just show up at tryouts. So I don't make the team my freshman year. And then I had to basically be the team manager not basically, I was the team manager, right. the varsity team manager, that varsity team actually won CIF. So I was able to Wait, be- Wait, where'd you go to high school? Canyon in Anaheim. Okay, okay. And so um, my freshman year, it was, a vi- it was the most humbling experience of my life because I was already introverted, very shy, and I didn't have many friends. And then before the games, I had to wet mop the court and oh wow and our gym would get packed so there was it was a ton of people and i was so like timid already and then i'm over here with the wet mop and i was like oh my god like my my social anxiety was at an all-time high but it was the most humbling experience ever because it was like what is there to be ashamed of like i'm trying to make it so i was like it's it's fine i'll do this but in that moment, that was like the worst memories of my life.
0: I mean, that had to be some motivation for you to be like, "Screw, th- like, fuck this! So I'm going, I'm going balls to the walls! I'm gonna like, I'm gonna make it next season to like get on the team and everything. And I'll do what I what it takes." Did you not? Um, so I obviously have a different experience because I did grow up with basketball and I did grow up. My mom actually didn't want me to play. She like I started really late. So you started at seven. I started at twelve. And that's extraordinarily late for anybody that wants to start a sport like you start your kid off at five um, to get into any of these youth leagues. But yeah, so she just she made me um, she didn't want me to do it. She wanted me to be a ballerina. Uh, yeah, can you imagine? Like I'm five nine. Like there's no way. Like a lot of dancers are like what five two, five five. Like five seven is like huge for like a gymnast or a dancer. So um yeah, she she wanted me to like wear tutus and be girly. And like uh, once I hit twelve, I was like, Shh, I'm a tomboy, dude. I'm done. No more dresses. Like I'm I'm wearing sweats and like a I always wear like sweats and a t shirt. Like I don't yeah. you know. Um, But so when you're your first summer, like going in because in high school, you have to do at least when I for my experience, like you, your summers are gone. Yeah. You know, you're you spend the whole entire summer pretty much uh, in training. And then you uh, and then maybe you have like three weeks off. You have August off, basically. And then you go back into school in September and then you have no life again. So you and you go back and you have, you know, your two hours that you get to practice. And then for those that don't know about. Um, the legality of when you can practice, when you can't, you can only practice at certain times during um, the off season. And then when season comes, it's balls to the walls, do whatever the fuck you want. But um, in the off season, you know, you only get to train for those two hours a day. Everything else is kind of on you. So like, did you have like pool training? Did you have like any of the, any of those like extra stuff that you guys did like during lunch or?
1: Yeah. When I, so my sophomore year, when I made the team, then yes, uh, we did. We had, oh my God, we had, um, every sixth period we would have <laughs> our, our assistant coach was an ex-military guy. and he Oh, would, you poor thing. <laughs> yeah, he would put <laughs> us through, oh my God, it was borderline abuse, but I, he was my favorite. It was just, I would dread every time we would have one of his workouts. Um, he, we, we can cuss on this. Yes, we can cuss on this. He, he was telling me, he's like, if you keep Um, If you keep doing push-ups like that, if you keep fucking the pavement, the the pavement's going to give birth. (laughs) I was was like, dude, I can't do a push-up. What do you want me to do? I can't do it. And he would just push us to our limits. But even that had um, an impact on me long-term because I realized that the limits that we set on ourselves are are mentally um, brought upon ourselves. They're not really... They yeah, like you can it. go beyond that. Exactly. Yeah, you
0: can go beyond your mental limits. No, trust me. I grew up with a military family, so <laughs> I, I get it. That's why I said you poor thing. Um, what uh, What else did What else happened during that time, though? Because like everybody trains differently, right? You know, I mean. Obviously, when, when COVID happened, everybody kind of stopped and you couldn't go to the gym and you couldn't go and I couldn't go to the sauna, which that was like my hugest thing. I was like, dude, if I can't go to the sauna, I'm like, it's 20 minutes out of my day. Like, can I just go in there, sweat sweat it out for 20 minutes and then come yeah. back? Like, that's a huge part of my life. Um, what did you how did you stay in basketball shape during that during that time as well? Because. I'm sure you didn't get this North job, right? Uh, he is a, one of the assistants for North Torrance High School uh, for the basketball program. So, what did you guys end up doing? Did you have like a lot of Zoom meetings? Like, did you like w- what was what was the deal with that?
1: Um, to get the coaching job. Yeah, or- no,
0: like what, like once you got it, like what did you guys end up having to do during COVID, or did you have, oh. did you get it post? Um, so shutdown?
1: when when I got it, it was the uh, it was things are getting more relaxed. So it was, um, no, when I started, it was right into, we had to wear our masks. We still do, but it was just business as usual. I guess, um, the first time I I went to a practice, yeah, it was just, I was observing, but it was, they're scrimmaging. It was normal. Things were normal and things are still, I mean, now we're shut down. Um, actually today we get to hear from the, uh, the board of health. I don't know what's going on, but they're debating on whether they are allowing us to return to normal activities today. So we'll see what happens. But now, when I got there, it was everything was was pretty much just with the mask. It was other than that, it was normal um, strength training. It was a lot of a lot of the thing is our, our our program is very young, and we just want them to get experience in real up and down basketball real life game like scenarios because a lot of the kids that we have started playing when they were eighth graders seventh graders Oh wow a lot of late late bloomers and which is which is awesome well because they're
0: so green yeah you can like tell them to jump and they'll say hi how high exactly
1: exactly yeah which that's that's such a such a cool thing because then they they have very little to no egos, exactly. Yeah. They, they're they literally like, oh, so this is what I need to do? Okay, I'll do it. Because yeah. they don't know um, a lot about the game yet. They're still very, very much in the learning process, which can be frustrating because you're just like.
0: It's like you're starting from scratch.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're just like, why did you think that that was a good decision? And then you're like, oh, because you've been playing basketball for two years. Yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah you know it's it's a it's a very very cool experience Now we've talked about this a lot it's it's a huge time commitment that I didn't really realize. I guess I did, but I didn't really fully comprehend how much of a time commitment it is which is you know we were joking um, that this past week of us being shut down was like oh you, yeah, can you got a, to take a you take a <laughs> breath because it's like, it just never stops. During season, even right before the season, it's like full go. And when you're not in that lifestyle for, you know, I haven't been in high school in that setting for 10 years, you forget what a commitment it is. And I give all those those high school athletes so much praise because it's really such a commitment and such a devotion to the game to be able to, to withstand that commitment, you know, those long practice hours and all that stuff. So it's a, it's a testament to them for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, trust me. And, and all, the hours do not compensate the, um, the, the pay, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, the pay that you get. Oh yeah, Because like, I remember when I, when I coached, uh, I coached JV and I coached Frost and, and I got my paycheck at the end of the season. And I was like, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. This is so bad. So um, just to let everybody know out there, high school coaches oh, make yeah. dick. They make yeah. nothing. Like, maybe the varsity coach does, but that's pretty much it. I think, like, every all yeah. the assistants, like, so just let everybody know, I made, like, two Gs yeah. in, like, that whole entire season. Yeah. So it's like, not, it's again, it's not a lot of money. So you're definitely doing it for the love of the game. Um, speaking of the love of the game, let's uh, dive back into uh, Chicago bull basketball. What did you, um, what are you thinking? Cause I know that you're hype on them right now. And you've, been, I mean, you've been hype on them all season. Um, are you, are you thinking what, where are their standings right
1: now? They're in first, first? they're in first in the East. Um, DeMar DeRozan last week, had back-to-back days, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, of game-winning shots at the buzzer. Uh, the Bulls are trailing in both of those games, so it adds even more pressure in the moment. DeMar DeRozan, I mean, he has been one of my favorite Chicago Bulls in a very, very long time. And I'm not a type of person that easily... Like, the, the biggest thing for for um, us when we were growing up compared to now is that you would get used to a player for years and years and years and that's how your love for a player would grow whereas nowadays players are changing teams much more often with shorter contracts and things are changing so rapidly it's hard to get attached to players like you would back in the day but DeMar DeRozan it's it's unbelievable what he's done for for our franchise for the city he has really rejuvenated the love of basketball in Chicago. So I'm so happy we, we got him. Would you ever go back to go and actually watch a game at the United Center? Yes, I would. Um, because it's cold there, it's cold. man. It's, it's freezing. It's very cold in basketball season. Yeah, it's during the winter, so it doesn't make it better. But, hey, I mean, there is a chance that they're going to be playing deep in the playoffs this year. So And deep in the playoffs means it's almost summertime, June... You know, there's a chance that the Bulls are there when um, the finals come around. Now, the East is going to be very, very difficult to get out of. um, And Kyrie's coming back tonight. So but, you know, yeah, I would love to be at a Bulls, a playoff game, though, because regular season games. First of all, there's too many of them. So each one has such a such less significance. But a playoff game. Yes, I would love to go.
0: All right, all right. Um, favorite bull of all time.
1: Favorite, and you Derek, can't pick Jordan. Derek Rose.
0: Really? Because Even though he didn't really do much?
1: Oh, in
0: my <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like, how, how many playoffs, how many, like, he was always hurt, like...
1: Derek Rose made me love the game of basketball in a way that I loved it before, but it was just different with him because, first of all, just the fact that he was, you know, homegrown... It meant a lot to all of us. And then the fact is that the Bulls hadn't been relevant since MJ. Although they had some, you know, minor runs in the playoffs in like the mid 2000s, but nothing like we had with Derrick Rose. And even though it was short lived, it was an experience that Bulls fans will never forget. And I will still to this day, I will always believe that if Derrick Rose didn't get hurt, In 2011, 2012, when he tore his ACL, I still believe that LeBron James would not have gotten that first championship because I think the Bulls were going to beat the Heat that year. I really do, and I know that that can never be proven, but I really... And a lot of Bulls fans felt the same way, which obviously we're biased, but I really felt like the Bulls were going to win it that year.
0: I mean, I feel like with LeBron supporting Cass, that's like the main reason why he won that title. Like, let's get real. Like, no Kyrie... No ring.
1: So uh, the, the Miami team. So oh, sorry, the, sorry, the Wade, sorry, sorry. Uh, Bosch. Okay. That year they they beat the Thunder in the finals that year. And the Thunder to me were not near the Bulls had the best record in the NBA. It was a shortened season, so there were sixty six games. We went fifty and sixteen. We I believe we swept the season series with Miami. And the year before we lost to Miami in five games and people were like, Oh, the Heat dominated the Bulls. But in reality, each of those games was very, very close. And I will I will always believe that the Bulls were going to beat Miami that year and LeBron would have had one less ring. And the thing is about LeBron at that time and the heat at that time was that it was after the Dallas series when everybody was like, oh, they can't get over the hump. They can't get over the hump. And that psychological effect, we didn't have that kind of, you know, like – Oh my God! It's like what we see, kind of like with a guy like Ben Simmons now. It's like, oh, he, when when it becomes psychological, when it becomes mental, it becomes a whole different thing. And the Heat had that that season. Then they avoided the Bulls. They they played a Boston team in round two that was very overrated at that time because they were old. And then and then they get the Thunder in the finals, which they were babies. They were legitimately like kids and. God, and can you sorry to interrupt you, but could you imagine if that team
0: stayed together?
1: What? The th- yeah, if that the Thunder, Thunder yeah, team stayed together. Been if we had
0: that Thunder team now, like I yeah. mean not now, but like at least like in their in their quote unquote their prime, because they you're right, they were babies. Yeah, like they, they were really, really young. Like they they were brand new, freshy new, like diaper dandy new. So like imagine if you had that how many do you think that we would be seeing like multiple championships out of that team?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that um, you know The choosing Serge Ibaka over James Harden is one of the biggest head-scratchers in NBA history because it wasn't like there um, wasn't—there was literally—Harden was a six-man for the Thunder, and there was a template on a six-man, a left-handed six-man that you can just mold him to be like, and that was Manu Ginobili in the Western Conference, and it was like, eh— we prefer Serge Ibaka and we don't want to go over the luxury tax. And it's still to me, it just puzzles me how an organization could have made such a big error and that caused them to literally everything after that was a snowball effect. Cause then Westbrook and Durant thing happened. They still should have won the year that they had the Warriors on the ropes. They still should have won in 2016, I think it was, but it wasn't the same. I mean, that big three would have been ridiculous.
0: I was about to say, you take one out of that equation, you like subtract one out of that yeah. equation, it messes everything else up. Yeah. And on top of it, considering who was the one person out was KD. So like yeah. you take KD out and you're like, Psh, holy crap, you know, like the whole thing is going to fall apart. Like I'm not knocking Westbrook. I'm not knocking um, Harden, but he's, but KD's the best player in the league. Yeah. So I, I at least in my in my personal opinion, like, I'm not a huge fan of his. I think, like, all those burner accounts and all that other, like, bullshit that he does during the season is terrible. I'm like, dude, you're talking to a freaking 12-year-old that's li- living in their mother's basement right now or, like, some, you know, some little kid, and you're, like, giving them all your attention? Who cares? Yeah. You make millions of dollars, and you play a sport for a living. Like, enjoy the ride. Like, yeah. s- screw all the haters. Like, look what you can do on the court, right? Especially considering, like he was the number 2 pick because he's like i i remember in um when he was when he was practicing and, like, doing all these things at the Combine and he was failing at all of them, <laughs> right? Like, they were like, okay, you can't jump, you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's the like, bench press yeah, too. yeah. And he's like, get me on the court and I will show yeah. you what the fuck I can do. Yeah. And then he goes on the court and you're like, okay, yeah, let's shut all that down. He should have been the number one pick, to be honest with you. He yeah. should have. But, you know, number two, not horrible because we're not even talking about the number one draft pick that year. We're talking about yeah. Kevin Durant. So, I don't know. I, I think all the stuff that he does off court, it, shat, it used to shadow, you know, what he does on the court. Yeah. And it's really, really sad. Um, I do still want to say, though, that your supporting cast is still crucial. I'm going to go back to what you said earlier about that Miami team and their supporting cast is still, awesome. you know, you need them. You need yeah. all those role players. You need all those people that are going to um help you in the championship. That's why the Lakers won. Like, when Kobe, when Kobe was getting older, that's why the Lakers won. In my personal opinion, I don't think it was all Kobe, right? But they let him do his thing. They became a unit, and they had this one thing that they did. So, I don't know. Do you think that that the Bulls are at that, sp- at that spot, maybe, with DeRozan, where, he like, he takes over, and then, like, the rest of the team does, does their thing?
1: The supporting cast right now is really going to be on – two guys specifically it's going to be on Lonzo Ball and it's going to be on Vucevic because the thing is that guys like Caruso you know what Caruso is going to give you night in night out he's going to be the same the points may go up and down but the effort the attention to detail on defense it's going to stay the same same thing with a lot of our other role players who are lesser players but you know what they're going to give you you can count on them Lonzo from the moment we signed him, I was like, listen, I get what he does well, and what he does well, he does really well. Um, But the thing is, in a playoff environment, especially dealing with, it's more about the media and how the media is going to portray it, because there will be a game early in the playoffs when the Bulls might even lose the game, and Lonzo's going to be one for nine with five points and four assists and eight rebounds. And it's the same thing we see with Westbrook. It's going to be, but not with the turnovers, just with the overall (laughs) stat line. It's going to be like, well, if Lonzo would have had a better game, the bulls would have won the game. And then all of a sudden, all the, um, the feel good vibes with Lonzo, everything that I've seen on social media about Lonzo since we signed him has been positive. And I'm glad that it has been. But the thing is that there's always a heel turn in sports. There's always that heel turn moment. And I don't know if he if they can survive that because, again, when everything is all one-sided, it's all gravy, and then all of a sudden your first moment of adversity is in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how he's going to handle it. And then the same thing with Vucevic because Vuce, he looks kind of at times, old this season. He's not old, but he looks sometimes old. But those two are the two, because you know what DeRozan's going to give you. You know what Zach Levine's going to give you. You know, again, like a Caruso, you know what he's going to give you. But if those two don't perform consistently in the playoffs, and I'm not saying they can't, I just, I need to, you know, this team hasn't been to the playoffs before, so I need to see it in in the postseason.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you on the consistency of... Lonzo, I just don't really have a lot of faith in, in him. And Vooch actually, he, he should be more of a backup as opposed to, like, your first option, I, I, I think. I don't know if you're going to combat me on that. But, yeah, Lonzo, I just – I personally don't have faith in him just because of the inconsistency that he's had his whole entire career. He's great in the beginning of the season. You're going to have everybody come at him and be like, you're awesome in the beginning of the season. You're doing really well. He did the same thing with the Pelicans, right, where, like – he with the lakers and with the pelicans he did great in the beginning of the season but there was just no consistency when it came to his in in my opinion when it came to his game um and also he doesn't score i, I and i know that that's not his his forte that's not why he's on the floor you know he is a facilitator and that's that's his main thing but you need somebody to at least be that much of an option like a yeah. small little point of uh, of offense as, yeah. as an option
1: when you're paying somebody 20-plus million that was right. my whole thing is that people say Oh, well, he, he's not paid to score It's like when when you give somebody 21 million dollars a year You better be able to at least give me 15 points and when we need it like yeah at least 15 Because the whole point of the game is to score more than the other team So if you can't do that, I don't care About the other stuff, because if Levine or DeRozan has an off night in the playoffs, which will happen, they're human, we're looking at you, Lonzo, you need (laughs) to be the one to step up and score. And, you know, I don't want to be harsh on him, because so far this season, he's been way, way better than I expected. I was dead wrong on his impact. But again... None of that matters if you don't perform in the playoffs. Ben Simmons had an awesome regular season last year. Does anybody really recall that or talk about that? Or do they talk about the fact that he passed up an open layup against the Atlanta Hawks? People are always going to remember what you do in the postseason. So we'll see Lonzo, but he is the key to me for the Bulls to reach their full potential.
0: Do you think he, he will, though? Um, Cause all the, all the shit that we're talking right now, it just seems like I, I don't have the faith. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I don't have the, I don't have the faith. But
1: to you considering he's like exceeded your expectations. I think that his confidence is higher now. I'm going to avoid the question. I think <laughs> that his, his confidence is higher now than it ever has been in his career. I <laughs> okay. I mean, um, the, the, you could have also said TBD. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll just wait till the season. I think that, He's he's truly a different person in terms of confidence. But again, what happens when Stephen A. Smith and, you know, the talking heads are like we're looking at a TV right now. What happens in game two of the playoffs when the headline says Lonzo Ball is he was he worth the money or, you know, and right. you know that it's going to happen at some point because right. that's what happens in sports. Um, I don't know what, how he's going to respond to that, but I think that he's at a different mental space than he has ever been in his career.
0: I mean I hope you're right, but we'll again TBD. We'll see. Yeah. Um last question before we wrap up. Biggest competition in the East for you guys. Who do you think that you need to do in order to get up over the hump and make it to that championship, elusive NBA championship game?
1: I'm gonna so I really think that every team in the East is very vulnerable. Very good but very vulnerable. The Bucks are very good, but Brooke Lopez has this back injury that he had surgery on and without him, they're going to rely on Giannis at center a lot more, which works, but I think it works in spurts. I don't think you can rely on it full time. So that's a vulnerability for them.
0: Do you think that um, with Giannis solely at the center,
1: um,
0: that they'll actually win the uh, – that they'd they'd still be able to win the entire thing, though? They win the East? Because, I don't think so.
1: I don't think okay. so. I think they, they need um, a legitimate big man – not – you can start Giannis at center, you can do all that, but the thing is, you need somebody to, to ease the pressure, like how last night the Lakers put Dwight Howard in to take LeBron out of the center position for a little bit. Just a little, like 15 to 20 minutes, and Bobby Portis can do that, um, but right now, I mean, Bobby Portis has been a backup his whole career, so I think the Bucks are vulnerable. The, the Nets have the same problem, where it's like they can get out-rebounded by a ton. They Their center position is very, very much in flux. They have Nick Claxton, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. And the best one out of that group has been LaMarcus Aldridge, who, you know, he was retired last year with a heart condition. So it's like, if you trust in him, I, I, I don't know if that's the wisest decision and again this is all before the trade deadline which will surely impact a lot of things but um so those two teams are very vulnerable and then the miami heat they are i think a team that we have not even seen close to what they're capable of when they're fully together because they haven't had bam out of bio for for like a month now he's been injured jimmy butler usually saves a lot of his best stuff for late in the season so does kyle lowry duncan robinson has had a weirdly terrible season um th- i think that that's a team that when they hit their stride they're going to be very very scary and i don't think they've again come close to hitting their stride other than those teams in the east um you know trey young had 56 and 14 in the hawks lost. the hawks out of every team in the league has i in my opinion been the most impacted by injuries and covid and so their record right now I think they're 16 and 20 but their record does not indicate at all that team was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. With all that being said, the East is loaded and it's going to be very hard to to win the East and to get out of the East. Um but in terms of flaws, I think the Bulls might actually have the least flaws of anybody right now knock on wood because, you know, injury. I mean, we're not
0: even ha- Yeah, and we're not even half yeah, confused. We're Exactly. We haven't even hit the All Star break or any of that yeah. yet. So, um, well, Armand and Silent Arash over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, thank you so much for doing the second segment. Hopefully, it'll. It. We don't have any more technical difficulties on my end. Um, Happy New Year, guys! Too. We are doing this in the New Year since we did the first segment in during Christmas. Oh, and by the way, what did you do for Christmas?
1: For Christmas, I did not do much. Uh, the family was our extended family which we usually get together they had an outbreak so uh everybody's good now but so it was just me and the immediate family but it was it was a good time there was um nba on nfl on it was fun yeah, yeah. what was your favorite what was your favorite game my favorite game on christmas was the so the lakers played the nets the
0: we can look up the, yeah, the lakers right the
1: lakers and the nets game was pretty solid that game was pretty solid. The Lakers had that massive comeback, and then they and they lost still lost at the yeah. end. Yeah, that was a solid game.
0: No, I actually watched a lot, a shit ton of football. So, um, but still watched the Laker game. It was so great. Uh, I'm trying to think like which one was my favorite, but I mean that Laker game was pretty was pretty good considering like how pissed. I love that LeBron like walked off the court and like didn't even say hi, didn't oh, say yeah. thank you, like because he normally <laughs> is like. Okay, guys, good game, blah 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 and then yeah. like then does his thing, but like he was like, fuck this shit yeah, I'm out. Like, pissed. yeah, he was pissed. Which you can't blame him because he's the one person on that on that floor that was like, Okay, we're winning. Yeah. Like, screw it, we're gonna, you know. Yeah, and he then, was amazing that yeah, game. Yeah. I mean, he's been amazing all year. I actually saw a a stat where they they say that LeBron's in a slump versus uh uh shoot, why am I blanking on his name right now? Curry versus Steph Curry. And they have mirrored stats yeah. it's it's really really it was very weird it was eerie because it was like they're both averaging over 30 points a game they're both like averaging the same assists they're both averaging the yeah. same turnovers like it was just so ir- both the rebounds obviously were different but like for the most part like they were mirrored images yeah. of each other um on the stat line and then they say like oh lebron's having a shitty year i'm like guys you got like you gotta You got to stop with him. That poor guy. He has like all these other guys on his team that aren't on his level. So you just move on. Anyways, thank you so much. Happy New Year, Armand. Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great Christmas. (laughs) And uh, we are the Sports Bar. We're out, guys. Do not forget to follow us on social media um, at Sports Bar Gals on um, Twitter because Twitter sucks and they just wouldn't give me the that sports bar I don't know why Twitter wouldn't give it to me I was like dude there's no way somebody has that sports bar for their Twitter mm-hmm. handle like what whatever so uh follow me on Twitter uh, follow me on Instagram at this, uh, the sports bar thA sports bar and yeah we are our time is up thank you so much Armand thank, Ar- thank you thank you Arash. <laughs> and <Thanks. laughs> How I feel when
1: you try your best to you be real.